What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, I'm Matt Lieb. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod, Pod Yourself, Yourself the, the Wire. A The Wire podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Wire and, and talk, talk about, about it. it. Thanks again so much for listening to the only Wire podcast. The Wire, a show about, you know, a couple of bad apples, but mostly good guys. Am I right? Do yeah. we back the blue on this pod? I back the red <laughs> red apples. You, yeah. The red delicious. I back the big apple. All right. Uh, make sure to uh, give us five stars and review on all of the, you know, uh, I, iTunes stores that are out there, the podcast apps, the Spotify's and whatnot. And uh, check out the, the subreddit. Do that for us. No, no. They're boycotting or something. It's like a Reddit... Uh, it's like a Reddit uh, work stoppage or something. I don't, oh, I shit. don't know. A, a poster strike. Yeah, exactly. Damn, the poster guild said not today, Reddit. You you better what 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 are they what are they mad about? Uh, the, the like all the the, the main twi- the Reddit guy like banned all of the uh, third party developers or like they made them pay so all the apps that make it usable uh-huh. are uh, like going away. Something like that. Oh, that sounds boring. Well, I support <laughs> any labor strike, especially a free labor strike. So uh, if you're on Reddit, you know, do whatever it is that they're doing in order to uh, protest it. And then, uh, you know, and then subscribe to our subreddit as soon as it pops back up. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode six, Homecoming. And our guest today, you know, <coughs> uh, you know him. I'm fine. Uh, you know him from such uh, great podcasts as Chapo Trap House and also uh, Movie Mindset, which is, I assume, a movie podcast that I will check out post haste. Ladies and gentlemen, Will Menneker is here. Hello, hello. I'm a I'm a big fan of movie mindset. Oh, thank I'm, you. I find and your uh, knowledge of cinema intimidating. 
Oh, well, I mean, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to share, I'm trying to pay it forward to the world. And I just got to say, gentlemen, it is an honor and a privilege to be walking through the garden with you. And Absolutely. I will do my best. I will do my best to stay on the straight and narrow path. But That's also, hard. if you if you if you need, I got uh, red tops, two for ten, uh, WMD, <laughs> and pandemic. So, yeah, we need those WMD. Oh, I heard they're yeah, the bomb. Man. I you hear they're the bomb. Yeah, no, good. I you know if you uh, have a plug on the spider bags, I would love a couple of spider bags. I hear they're two for ten, or ten gets you two. I don't know. Um, I don't even hey, know what's in the spider bags. I assume not spiders. <laughs> I mean, but if I, anyone here is going to know what's in a spider bag, it'd be you. Oh, I mean, you'd figure as someone who uh, used to very much enjoy buying little baggies of drugs from my dear, dear friends. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I feel like the names of all of these like um, products, the branding that they do is, is uh, uh, I think if you're a fiend in the area, you know that WMD is a specific, you're like, oh, well, that's heroin. But as someone who's not from the Baltimore era, uh, area, I don't actually know what's in the WMD. What do you, is it cocaine? Uh, I, I, would, I would imagine heroin, but, you know, if I can get a deal where I can get, you know, the, uh, the coke to top it off, you Oof. know, go a little bit up and it's, it's to go, in addition to going down, uh, that's, that's the, that, that is the, the, the corner shop that I will be uh, patronizing. That's, a, that's where I'll be taking my business. Exactly. Vote a little with off your the top, dollar. A little off the bottom. You levels, levels you out, just like our audio when we uh, edit these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Will, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, are you a fan of The Wire? You know, I, uh, I, it, The Wire is a show that I have a, a long relationship with. I watched it when it was, uh, I was one of the few people that watched the first season when it was on TV. Wow. And I have used, uh, you know, uh, your, your kind invitation to have me on Talk The Wire to basically just rewatch The Wire. I really didn't do much this past weekend. So like now I'm on season two. I'm like well into season two of The Wire. Nice. And I got to say... It's a show that I think has like suffered from the Olympian heights that it reached like towards the end of its run when people were picking up on it. Yes. And people thought like this is the greatest TV show of all time. It's going to solve all the problems as it relates to the war on drugs and policing <laughs> mm -hmm. in America. Uh -huh. And it didn't do that. So yeah. people, I, I think, felt a little bit mad at The Wire. And it's also it suffers by having a genuinely bad fifth season. Yeah. But I will say... <laughs> I, well, okay, maybe maybe you can disagree on that. I was disappointed. We're, we are big defenders. I, we haven't I gotten do there like yet. Season five. We I, haven't I gotten like there it. yet. I love the Dickensian aspect. I love the. I mean, you know, that's just my uh, my media bias showing mm -hmm. that I love. Uh, well, I love maybe maybe by the time I get stuff. to the fifth season in this current run through, I'll give it a, a reappraisal. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those shows that I think, like, especially post Trump and Black Lives Matter, people were sort of like, "Oh, is this show really good?" Because it is basically about how you know the cops. They're underfunded, but then they're good people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, but but here's the here's the deal though. Rewatching it, it's great television. It's one, it's a, it's a great show to to go back to Baltimore and see all my friends all on both friends. sides of the law. You know, you got Prop Joe, Bunk, mm -hmm. McNutty, uh, <laughs> Landsman, even Rawls. You know, it's just to spend time with your buddies in Baltimore again. Yes, it's it's, it's great television. It is great. And, uh, you know, I agree. I understand the critiques of season five. Uh, we're going to get to it at some point, you know, in this uh, uh, rewatch. Um, but uh, I remember the last time I rewatched it, I turned a corner on it. So I, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. 
mostly because it's like uh, the original the first time i watched it i thought like this is fucking insane they're inventing a there's a serial killer now yeah. like why yeah. are we why are we I doing don't, this? i don't defend like the mcnulty storyline in that uh season oh, I but do. i do i love the <laughs> stuff between uh the phony reporter and uh his editor who hates him yes as a huge trump supporter that we all know you know love trump i David love Simon fake was trying news. to warn us he was trying to <laughs> warn us about the fake news media absolutely it was letting us know fake news is out there. Um, no, but it's a, uh, it is kind of a, you know, we we talk about this season, season three is kind of like this, uh, you know, what if season? This almost like uh, fantasy wish fulfillment of like this free zone, Hamsterdam, where it's like, you know, what if this guy just made drugs legal? Um, and the fifth season is like, what if? Uh, what if the only way to turn on the spigot to get the cops, the, you know, the money to work cases, uh, we invented a serial killer. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. It's TV. You know, yeah. sometimes it's, you just have fun. Uh, it's HBO actually. That's right. It's not TV. <laughs> it's like, sure no. <laughs> but you know, like, uh, the wires, it's just, you know, Catherine and I are rewatching it right now. We're loving it, but it's just simply a show about good police, you know? There are a few there are a few bad polices out there, but it's mostly a show about good police who are <laughs> who are cool guys. And like really the crux <laughs> of the show is that Jimmy McNutty is the coolest man ever. Yes. He's yeah. a very cool guy. He uh, he's got like he's got he's got five different leather jackets over the course uh -huh. of the show. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh it's he's one of those characters that um I imagine at the outset Ed Burns was writing himself as like, what if I was a cool guy who <laughs> fucked? And uh, and then as the show goes on, there's part of me that goes like, uh, uh, certainly Ed Burns can't think that this is a flattering portrayal of himself. I mean, not, I mean, sure, the parts where he's like, I just do whatever I can to get the job done. But like the parts where he's like. You know, driving drunk and fucking was, a woman on his car, and I like. thought it was largely based on the real landsman, which is oh. funny when you see the real landsman uh, showing up in the show and what he looks yes. like compared to the uh, the show version, who looks like Dominic West. I love Jay Bird Landsman. He's, oh. he's he's one of my best yeah. buddies in the city of Baltimore. Yes, yeah, he he's someone who like. I would actually be friends with, and I'd have a hard time explaining to my friends why I'm friends with, uh, you know, a 350 pound cop <laughs> and be like, no, no, he's cool though. He like, what? He, he's he, lewd, but he's he, so theatrical. He like, looks you, at he porn can't at turn work. off. He's, yeah. he's, awesome. he's a bit like Michelangelo. He's cool, but rude. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's exactly, totally in dude. my face. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of um, characters in The Wire are big fans of Club Magazine, you know, whether it's oh. Horseface Pacuza at the docks mm -hmm. or Landsman mm -hmm. around the Homicide Division. Everyone likes the fine pornographic magazine Club. Yes. That's uh, that's the number one porn magazine of Baltimore. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, they uh... haven't gotten Penthouse or Hustler <laughs> in Baltimore. It's only Club and High Society. I yeah, like they the... drink MGD and uh, they read Club Magazine. That's I like the, the idea that it's like, well, all the other magazines got too many words on them. <laughs> uh, speaking of words, I have a uh, just a still. Hustler has Beaver yes. Watch. We have Cunt Finder. And uh, <laughs> just reading uh, what it says, I love dummy products and in the, on this club magazine, uh, first of all, get it and get off. Uh, panties <laughs> down, fresh girls, drop them for you. Just mm. like, mm, hell yeah, dude. This this guy is horny at work, and I love it. I love it, man. Uh, he's a but he's like a good dude. 
And just like in thinking about the wire and this rewatch and this sort of the fact that like basically every character on the wire is basically good. Like you or if they do bad, you still like them. There's something endearing about them. Right. I'm wondering, did, did you guys watch the uh, the We Own This City miniseries that yes. David Simon did? I yes. did. I, yes. That was great. And I thought yes. it was like fair or unfair was kind of like a response to this criticism of the water we're talking about, because holy shit, all right. of the cops on that are like fucking complete sociopaths. Yes. Like horrible it- people that you don't want to be around for a second. Right, right. Even the the good cop on the show, Sean Souter, uh, is like you know revealed at the end to have kind of done some shady shit, and, and, then, and then kills himself. Right, kills himself, yeah. or may have been killed murdered. himself to make it look like he was killed by a criminal. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean well, he things in the city of Baltimore have gotten markedly worse since the oh. wire has come out. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Which I love as someone who has for years been a fervent believer that um, art doesn't change anything. Stop saying that it yeah. should. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously, I think it'd be sick if art changed things but uh <laughs> yeah i agree that would be dope uh you know but the in the but actual would, world like the, the responsibility for it to change things would remove the fun of it being playtime for uh us like I the know. whole thing was we invented it to like you know entertain ourselves and, right uh, is to forget that the plague was yeah. happening or whatever i don't know what year they invented art i assume during the plague <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like uh you know uh, watching that show uh you know uh, what is it uh, we own the city uh watching the wire and whatnot um there's just the constant refrain of like at the end of the day, what is this? The war on drugs is a big failure. We need to stop this. The, the only answer is drug legalization. And um, it turns out it doesn't matter how many times you say it, how many shows you have that uh, have that message. Uh, no one listens. And um, that's kind of nice to know that we can just do this podcast and and not be expected to. Uh, yeah. To change. Things. But I'm not changing though- shit. Seriously, though, we have to fund the Baltimore Police Department. Stan Valchak's <laughs> surveillance van was stolen, stolen, stolen from right by out evil of the union lot. members. I know the yeah, evil. They're getting evil more brazen union. every day. They just put different <laughs> stickers on it. It's unbelievable. All right, uh, before we get started talking about this episode of the podcast, we must first play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. Pod. Podcast. The Irish. Pod. Season three. All right, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen and everyone else. Once again, today, we're going to be talking about from season three of The Wire, episode six, Homecoming. And uh, Vince, once again, um, didn't have time to write a synopsis. So off Mm. the top of your head, what is the synopsis of this episode? Uh, Stringer Bell is getting taken by some real estate guys. Avon just wants to be a gangster. Mm hmm. And Jimmy uh, can't let go of old Stringer Bell. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what happens. Uh, 
And what was happening at the time this episode came out, Vince? That's right, Matt. As we all know, we cannot evaluate art, divorced from its cultural context. We got to put some of that context back in, which we do with the little segment that we like to call the back in the day machine. It's a bad time for newspapers. The news hole is shrinking as advertising dollars continue to decline. There ain't no back in the day machine tells the tale, son. Uh, we're going all the way back to October 31st, 2004, mm-hmm. Halloween. Halloween. Um, yeah, we had a lot of things going on. I don't know if you guys remember this one. There was a big October surprise. Uh, it was an, an Osama October surprise. Oh. Uh, that's I... He released a videotaped message to America. <laughs> Vote for Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. Yeah, He'll get me. He'll get me. Don't <laughs> vote for that carry. He rides wind sails. He does the wind surfing. He is not relatable. This is mostly an Israeli accent. I don't know what's going on. Uh, the latest surprise of this campaign arrived less than 100 hours before Election Day in the form of Osama bin Laden's videotaped message to America. Even Democrats described it as somewhat welcome news for President Bush after a difficult stretch for the White House. Uh, not sure why the, everyone seems to be interpreting it as like a good thing good for, for <laughs> George W. The guy who's who, trying to kill is alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he drops a video. Stealing yeah, you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the like, they're 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 one they're about one sentence away from just admitting in that news article, similar to nine eleven, which is also great news for the Bush administration. Fantastic news! The reappearance <laughs> of the guy who did it uh, will b- bolster his chances in the upcoming election after <laughs> failing to kill him the first time. Yeah, yeah, and fail and, Four and more letting years. him. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who he let crashed a bunch of planes into a building and then failed to kill afterwards mm-hmm. uh, is great news for him for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, well, the post is yeah. spinning this hard uh, at the time. Prez suddenly in a commanding spot. The mood of this campaign turned on a dime at exactly 5.53 p.m. Friday. It took just 73 words, and President Bush is now undeniably on offense. His defiant rebuke from a tarmac in Toledo to Osama bin Laden's terror warnings was, to the delight of his handles, handlers, presidential. Oh, wait. So this it was, was a political moment devoid of politics. <laughs> Bush was the statesman addressing the very citizens he leads. It reminded everyone that John Kerry is running for president and George W. Bush is the president. Yeah. Uh, oh, we my for- God. We forgot it. <laughs> we forgot all about that. Can I thought imagine- I was president. Could you imagine being Bin Laden in your, you know, uh, suburban, uh, you know, split level in, you know, suburban Pakistan, mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there, you're, you know, you're trying, you're trying to watch your porno DVDs, mm-hmm. you're trying, you're trying to chill out, and then yeah. like the CIA is just hitting you up, you're like, dude, need to drop that video, yeah, come on, please, dog. could you please, you, know, you take thirty seconds, oh, 78 words, that's all we need, yeah, just yeah, say, yeah. yeah. Just show up, just like, hey, what's up? Do it up? in the car if you need to, <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> like and subscribe, um, <laughs> you know, just um, just give a shout out to the fact that you're still alive so that uh, people are scared and vote for Bush again, because uh, that worked out well. It's yeah. weird that that actually helped because people, is it was it because it was supposed to remind people that, like, Bush. You don't change horses midstream, obviously. Like everybody knew that at the time. You know, I you don't. So. Uh, you got to back the Ugh. guy who got to dance with the one that did nine eleven. That's the one, <laughs> that's the one I was looking for. <laughs> that's right. 
Uh, other people trying to influence the election at the time. Uh, Ed Koch. Oh, Koch great. trying to tip scales for Prez among the tribe. It was a combustible mix. Ed Koch, New York's proudly Jewish, nominally Democratic former oh, that mayor. Tri- I thought it was like amongst uh, other closeted gay men in their yeah, 70s. Yeah, I thought that's a tribe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, was in a Florida synagogue last week, persuading his co-religionists to convert to President Bush. Soon, a pro-carry heckler refused to a, a refused a request to sit down and zip it. A witness told me, and a fistfight broke out in the audience. The cops came. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be a fly oh, on that wall. <laughs> here's a here's a great sentence in this piece. To some, the display of anger and intolerance was a scene out of 1930s Germany rather than Boca Raton in 2004. Wait, hold on. <laughs> the intolerance was the Kerry supporter who yelled at Ed Koch. They were fist fighting, I guess, in the streets, just like just like just, the Nazis, just like did. the Nazis, the stormtroopers, famous the for shirts. doing fist fights. They liked to fight. Their weapon of choice: these hands. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what Bunk says later in this episode to That's Omar. Right. It's back in the That's day, right. we had Nazis and dudes had a scrap. They were real tough guys. It wasn't all yeah. about shooting people. Yeah, yeah. they've been they in debate. They may they have been Nazis, the but we had a community. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because that was in 2004. I mean, like Boca Raton, Florida, could not be anything less like Nazi Germany in 2023. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the freest mm-hmm. place on earth now. Uh, uh, we got my for my last story. You know, I always got to end on a fun one. Uh, this is just a good New York Post headline. Uh, FAP will open flap about mob. <laughs> okay. Reputed Gambino mobster Frankie uh, Frank Frankie Fap Fapiano. <laughs> Frankie Fap. That's right. Frankie <laughs> <Fap>. <laughs> is expected yeah. to provide a blow-by-blow description at the Peter Gotti trial of how mobsters extorted building contractors working at sites such as the United Nations and Macy's. Wow. It's a, mean, it's, a fr- it's a free Twitter display name for anyone listening to this show. Frankie yeah, no, Fap, Frankie no, <laughs> God, <laughs> Frankie Fapiano. I love, uh, you know, this was pre, you know, Fap being yeah. meme, meme code for masturbation. So, yeah. uh, but he liked to jack off a lot. So it actually was really <laughs> oh, it worked seam- out for a seamless <laughs> yeah. transition for that nickname. Yeah. Did they name that after me? Is that what happened? <laughs> I do love a little self-pleasure here and there. Wow. Hey, uh, Frank, God- I've been memed. I just love him telling his family. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going on. Uh, he's go- He's going to go. He's going to testify. Uh, Gotti, 64, the brother of the late Dapper Don, is standing trial on charges relating to a plot to rub out Gambino heavy Salvatore Sammy the Bull. He Gavano. loves to rub them out. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows about rubbing things out, it's, it's Frankie Fab. It's Frankie Fab. He does it. All right. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So that's, that's, I feel like we're caught up. I feel okay. like you got a lot of context out of that. We know everything that's going on at the time, so we now have the proper context for this episode. Uh, real quick, this week's uh, Balmer B story, I've chosen to uh, do a little bit about, um, about Bunk uh, and okay. uh, Bunk's whole tale in this episode. So um, here's just a little taste of that. Life is like a hurricane here in Be more weed heroin and-
and cocaine Avon's at war Bunt's got a mystery Got two dead bodies Bunt That's that. Um, and you can, of course, I'll be playing that whole thing at the end of the episode. But um, yes, this is a um, a classic bunk episode, even though is, you know, bunk only has a few scenes in this, but he has kind of what I would consider. It's, this is this is the uh, apocal bunk moment. The, the yes. bunk Omar, the bunk Omar park bench conversation in this episode yes. is a, it's it's a, when it's a gets, big, big wire moment. Yeah, it's when one he the, gets nominated for the Emmy. This is the clip that they're going to play. Right. Uh, if this show was ever uh, noticed by Emmy voters, this is one of the scenes that would have uh, won him the Emmy. Him or Michael K. Um, they both crush it. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, the, we've got a, a lot of great storylines in this one. We got you know Bunk being on uh, Omar's tail, uh, very close to uh, figuring out what happened to Tasha. Um, we have, uh, Jimmy and Kima working really hard to try and get Stringer back on the radar of the major crimes unit. We have, um, Avon being at war with Marla. We have Stringer, uh, being just completely fucked over by contractors. Uh, got yeah. Martin O'Malley beginning to lay the groundwork for his <laughs> mayoral That's ascendancy. Right. That's right. Got, uh, and. Daniel's marriage, um, Daniel's sort of now companionate marriage. Uh, That's right. Kids. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, this is also the episode in which uh, Cuddy decides uh, not for me, not and uh, the first no appearance of Chris and Snoop. That's which, right. Well, uh, oh, yeah, feels like a big deal in the history of the Wire. Technically, it's uh, we've seen a little bit of Chris, uh, okay. but this is the very first uh, appearance of Snoop. And of course, uh, they go on to become two of uh, two of my favorite characters on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. Uh, Vince thoughts. What do you like? I mean, I really feel like this is like the nexus of all the uh, the wire storylines. Like we said, Chris and Snoop, we got Marlo coming up. Uh, Stringer and Avon are sort of passing the torch mm -hmm. as Stringer uh, starts to get undone by his desire to be like a LinkedIn uh, hustle <laughs> hustle core uh, success story. The um, grind set really defeats Stringer this season. It really does. Yeah, yeah. and, and then. Yeah, and then Carcetti, of course, like we're sort of seeing like the uh, the foundations being laid for Carcetti's uh, inevitable heel turn, and ah, he's just such a beautifully sketched character. Uh, my, him, I love my favorite Carcetti moment in this episode is where he comes home and wants to play his wife and kids, his like C-SPAN compilations. <laughs> yeah, no, when you guys were talking about, I think what was it? Was it Sean McElwee who like made? that woman listened to oh, yeah, the, uh, Ted, the Ted Kennedy eulogy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like such a well sketched character, the way that these like politics people are so invested mm -hmm. in like the game of politics that no one outside of that bubble gives half of a shit about. Yeah. Uh, I great, have a clip fantastic. of Carcetti hating his kids. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. How you doing, beautiful? 
videotape from last Monday night's council meeting. Kiefer tried to block my resolution, but I laid him out good. I was in rare form, baby. You seen that tape? <laughs> what? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Who the hell? Daddy, Frankie shared a sandwich with you. We hid it so no one else could eat it before you came home. Can I get some chips and pickles with that too? <laughs> How does his wife not know that he fucking hates them all? <laughs> I feel like they tried to give uh, the wife and the son like the same haircut. Like it really looks like they went to the same <laughs> stylist in that uh, scene. Yeah, they almost like the the style choice on Carcetti's wife is just like, well, you'd cheat on her if. She was your wife. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that is, it's supposed to make us feel better about the Give fact that Give me a haircut philandering. that really says overworked mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing I think more embarrassing than being trying to impress your wife with a, uh, a VHS tape of you yelling at some other bureaucrat. Look how badly I owned this other councilman. <laughs> yeah. when They thought they were going to stop my bond measure, but I showed them. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. showed them what for. Uh, it's, it's so great. Carcetti, you know, uh, throughout the season, we focus only a little bit on him because uh, he's um, he, he's like building he's putting together the building blocks for this uh giant um mayoral campaign this basically he's trying to fake out his best friend on the yeah, council he's trying to get his best friend to run for mayor as like a, a sort of a yes. sacrificial lamb to split yes. the black votes is the only way split. he can get in yeah mm -hmm. yeah and so uh you know uh, the the moments so far in the season have been kind of sparse with him but the more this season goes on the more Carcetti is um becomes kind of just this fascinating character and we've talked about this before but like uh, watching season three and season four's like Carcetti arcs is what made me hella worried when Obama said this was his favorite tv show <laughs> I was just like, what about this show says that politics is good? You know what was another one of his favorite shows? What? Entourage. People forget how much that Obama was on the record loving Entourage. And, uh, if he had, if he like had modeled his presidency in politics on Entourage instead of The Wire, this country wouldn't have been a much better place now. I would love it. His, fucking, his, his entire cabinet is just, oh, that's my turtle. That's my E. Uh, that's my Ari Gold. <laughs> that would be fucking. Oh, uh, let me be clear. Uh, Vince is going to get to do the movie. Uh, we're, we're, ba we're back in. We're back in Medellin. Uh, the the, the three-hour uh, director's cut is the only real version of the film. Oh man, yeah. No, uh, th this is um, Carcetti. You know, like has these moments of relatability, and uh, for me, watching him just come home and it's like listen i'm not gonna lie it's not like i haven't you know been like francesca check out this stand-up clip i really own this heckler but i know i'm a loser that's the difference um but uh yeah and your daughter's not old enough to fuck up your vcr with sandwiches yet dude if she fucks on my vcr <laughs> oh yeah the the look on his face two times in that scene of like almost hitting his kid was <laughs> Beautiful. I loved it. Um, 
But yeah, let's see what story. And you know he would hit his kid because he's an Italian guy from Baltimore. Like yeah, yeah, who's you know supposed to also be a representation of Martin O'Malley, who for sure hits his kids. (laughs) You heard about how fucked up it is that they cast an actual Irish guy to play an Italian guy from Baltimore. (laughs) Unbelievable. They're taking our jobs. The, the big That's theme right. of the wire is American deindustrialization. Mm-hmm. And they're handing out yeah. carchetti rolls to this this mm-hmm. leprechaun. That's what the <laughs> power structures do. They make all of the us ethnic whites uh fight each other. You know, That's yeah. right. it's not, yeah. not they're right. trying to split the, the vote by making uh Italians into Jews and Jews into Irish. It's it's no good, guys. It's no good. Um I, I guess the other like the other bit the other the other big plot line of this episode that really uh it pays off in like the overall arc of this season is the conflict between Avon and Stringer oh, now that yes. Avon is out of jail. Yes. And what I like about like this plot line like with like cuz like the episode begins and like Avon is like you know have to has to put on a hard hat and go around <laughs> a construction site and deal with people talking about contractors and he's like I don't mm-hmm. know I'm just I'm just trying to sell heroin and kill people like this is why I got but like what I like about that is that like you know from the from season one it's like this this idea is presented that like if you're in the drug game at like the highest levels like the goal is to be getting out of the drug game and like Mm -hmm. taking all that money and making it legit and just owning property and just you know paying taxes and being like a regular citizen without Mm -hmm. all the bullshit. But like this season really shows what a fool's errand that is and that Avon is really the smarter between him and Stringer because he's just like, yeah, like, no, I just want to sell drugs. And like yes. if someone yeah. takes my corner, well, I'm just going to kill them. Like, yeah, that, that's the only way they, I know how to play the game. Like there is there is no game other than that. Right. right. And Stringer's like his his crucial mistake is that uh, he's like drunk the capitalism Kool-Aid, which mm-hmm. is and I feel like the the when you do that, when you drink the capitalism Kool-Aid, it actually makes you bad at capitalism. Like that, right. that was the yeah. whole like flaming hot movie thing. Where it was like <laughs> it's telling you, oh, yeah, he he listened to his CEO and he pulled himself by his up by his bootstraps. It's like, no, he didn't. He fucking took credit for a good idea and, <laughs> and found out a way for no one to call him on it that's how you actually succeed succeed. in business yeah yeah Yeah. i mean because stringer is uh constantly in the at least in the partnership with avon he's always just like um you know how do we do it but like more business like and uh and avon has always kind of tolerated it because he's just like i don't know he's hot he's my best friend (laughs) um he's probably in the past done some cool gangster stuff um but now you need a guy in the crew who has a little bit of hustle grind set business entrepreneur totally. knowledge but you can't let that become the the mission statement of your your heroin dealing uh gang right exactly exactly like you need someone who is um you know he's gonna, oh, he's a good middle manager because he presents he's like a the, cfo he's like he presents a good the CFO. like the image of authority even if he's not like actually good at it but he's right. good at looking like it which is like goes a long way with yeah. the underlings. But Problem is, he's now he's like out there trying to uh, negotiate real estate deals, which he's which he knows nothing about. Yeah. And and Avon says as much uh, when they're meeting with Krawcheck and the uh, contractor. And uh, and I have a clip of that. Y'all fucked up, so y'all supposed to take the hit, right? Excuse me. I mean, my man here don't know shit about no gun costs. He don't know nothing about no price and no steel. He just trying to get some shit built. Now, y'all supposed to have the expertise behind this. Only what I'm saying is it seemed like the expertise ain't where it's supposed to be. Man, well, we should discuss this over lunch. Ah, uh, hell no, man. I got elsewhere to be. You feel so bad for Stringer in that moment because he is like, 
he's destroying this image he's built of himself in front of these guys. Like for him, he's just, he's, he's trying to build the image of like, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a businessman, you know, and uh, Avon's like, this guy, you know, if you ask him what the prices of the brick is, he'll let you know the price of the brick, it's, but he doesn't uh, know the it's, price It's going of up, lumber. by the way. It's going up. Yeah, and it's going up. But <laughs> yeah. lumber's going up? Excuse me? In this and, economy? I mean, I, I don't know if it's like a, like a spoiler if I can reference something that happens a little bit later in this Please. season. But like after after Stringer gets utterly fleeced by Clay Davis, he tries yeah. to go back to the way of the gun and tries to tell Slim Charles, like, we need to assassinate this state senator. And he's like, man, I don't I don't know about that. We, he's like, he's like, basically, you're going to need a day of the jackal type motherfucker to right. do that. Not some yeah. fucking base head that you give like a thousand dollars to. Yes. Yeah. Like he is he's in. Try, he's in too deep trying to like get in with these fucking you know these powerful local bureaucrats and once he starts getting fleeced the idea that like oh well you know what they forgot i'm a gangster and avon's like yeah but no they will literally fucking that that will be the end of our organization and uh you know <laughs> poor stringer he's just i know uh, I, like, I know baltimore is a fucked up city but like hitting a city councilman or state senator right? is still I, I still think people would take notice of that yes exactly and uh yeah no uh and speaking of which it's like trying to do it with no muscle and that is uh, i think one of my favorite parts of this oh, episode yeah. is finding I love when out they run through like all like the, the, they're going through like the baseball cards of like the people you can hire to like uh, do drug murders for you and they're like eggy mule peacock shorty boy all unavailable <laughs> yeah. for muscle work right now <laughs> yeah. yeah eggy mule was like my favorite just randomly tossed off nickname that they've ever had on this show to the point where i'm like that has had to come from somewhere like you don't just like pull eggy mule out of a hat that's yeah no that's, that's a, a guy that's a, that's a guy so i had to look that up um and oh. i found the origin it's not a very good origin but it's it's but you it's looked there it up less. yeah according to a story in the july 24th 2002 edition of the baltimore city paper eggy mule was an araber which I guess is like a street hawker. I've never heard that term before. It feels kind of racist. An Araber? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eggie Mule was an Arable, Araber, uh, the uncle of Dorothy May Pressberry, this city's first woman Araber. <laughs> oh, wow. So cool. cool. Yeah. The first woman Arab of all time. <laughs> um, so it's just, Eggie Mule is just, an, so it's not the name of a murderer. It's the name of a guy. Famous, who a famous sells street hawker. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Uncle Arab, of the Araber. city's first street vendor. I don't know how they keep <laughs> so he's, uh, tabs he's, on street vendors like that, but uh, I like yeah. Eggy Mule is a uh, Araber Nepo baby. You know, it's just <laughs> no. Like, he's the uncle. He's actually the uh, Dorothy May was the Nepo. Oh, baby. okay. Oh, got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, um, cool. And as long as, we're, as long as we're talking about the guy, uh, one of my, you know, we talk about your favorite buddies in the city of Baltimore. One of the top buddies for me has got to be Slim Charles. I love yeah, Slim Charles. I love any scene with Slim Charles. Yes. And we get some great Slim Charles in this episode. Yeah, no, you get him explaining to people how to do uh, hits. Yeah. Like one of my favorite moments is um, him explaining that, no, you uh, you don't want to like do a drive by on the driver's side because <laughs> then your driver could get shot. 
Um, and well, you can't aim across the driver, and you can't aim across the driver either. It's like perfectly the wrong thing to do. Oh man, the scene where like those two fucking oafs fuck up the drive by in this is like so horrible, but so funny. Yes, I I guess what I just like is like it's just like. Even among people who like are capable of committing homicide, there's like maybe one out of every 10,000 that isn't a complete moron. Right. Yeah. No. And it's it's uh, perfect to watch because you're realizing, you know, like when they're talking about all these like, you know, hit men who aren't available because apparently Mazone put a hex on them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know, I'm canceling I, I, their Atlantic monthly script subscriptions, Lamar. Yeah, yeah. You're not getting any more Harpers. Um, uh, but yeah, no, like you're, I'm sitting there watching it as someone who doesn't live the life. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. can you just give a gun? To, you seem like you got a lot of guys. Just give a gun to a <laughs> yeah. guy. And they're like, no, no, no. Trust me. You don't want to give these idiots the task. And uh, that is made perfectly clear. Yeah, because you like you imagine that these are all like you know hard case arch criminals or whatever. Because you're like, wow, they have the like, guns and they shoot them at people or whatever. But like, right. yeah, most of them don't, like don't have a fucking clue. And like, right. yeah, I, yeah, I suppose that's and a good they mostly thing. miss. Yeah, that's the thing is yeah. you you well, watch like most of the shootouts that happen in the show. They're like you know their their ratio of bullets fired to actual hits is like pretty bad i mean give someone a handgun uh from more than like 20 yards and ask them to hit stuff in like a middle of a, a moving target situation. Yeah. yeah yeah it's not gonna happen you're not yeah. gonna get a lot of strikes with that but i i do have the uh the clip of uh the attempted hit on marlo's crew they're gonna have motherfucking nene man i say we take him we should wait for the call man, we wait he gonna get away man 10 seconds later <laughs> Say something about waiting for a fucking phone call. Just walking up to the driver's side and shooting him from three feet away, <laughs> like shooting the driver in the temple. It, it, it's it, it's. I mean, it's both hilarious and gut wrenching when the guy in the passenger seat sort of staggers out of the car and the guy just walks up to him and just shoots him just like five times, him. just executes yes. him. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, it's it is awful, and you know, it's a horrifying scene in many aspects of it, but also. He said, wait for the phone call. Like, wait, the, listen, How hard yeah. is that? It's literally yeah. not that hard. And it's also, like, he explained why you don't do it from that angle. It's just he like, t- you're, you're doing, a, you're doing, a, you're doing a, trying to, attempting to do a double murder in broad daylight. Like, how <laughs> yeah. about some planning? You know, how about yes. at least stick to the script? Yeah. It's like Janice and her fucking hat, you know? It's like, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, the whole time you're watching it, you're like, oh, could you just leave the hat? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> This is is that for the from the Sopranos? No, from Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. I was trying to think of a Janice and a hat scene. Um, was it Janice? No, what was her no, name? It was the babysitter. Yeah, the baby. What the? Heck? I can't remember her name. Uh, the hat been, lady. It you might know. have been Janice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, Janice so, was uh, was one of his the, one of his whores and yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. two R. One of his whores. Oh, hey, Brent Flyberg. Hey guys, while you're remembering Goodfellas, uh, I remember that we need to take some ad break time. Okay, well, you heard the man. It is time for some ads, but stick around and we'll be right back with Pod Yourself, The Wire. Hey everyone, Matt Lieb here with an annoying mid-roll ad that I'm going to be playing until March 17th. Why March 17th, you ask? Well, (laughs) because I'm going to be co-headlining the Sacramento Punchline on Sunday, March 17th at 7 p.m. 
with my wife, Francesca Fiorentini. I would love it if you all bought your tickets to it. It's going to be really fun. Um, you helped us sell out uh, when we co-headlined the San Francisco Punchline. And now I'm asking for you to... Do it again. That's right. If you're in the Sacramento area or somewhere nearby, um, come to the Sacramento Punchline Sunday, March 17th, 7 p.m. It's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be there. Francesca's going to be there. Uh, someone else is going to open for us. I don't know who, but someone probably pretty funny. You're going to have a great time, and you can get your tickets right now by either clicking the link uh, that's in the show notes or going to punchlinesack.com and uh, buying your tickets. Do it. And if you can't go, hey, maybe you have friends who are in the area and you you know, you can tell them like, hey, you like comedy. Come see this guy who does a podcast and his wife who also does a podcast. It'll be great. So yes, please come. Sacramento Punchline, March 17th. That's a Sunday at 7 p.m. Come, enjoy, laugh, love. All right. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. All right. So it was it was Lois. I'm sorry. No one ever remembers the name fucking Lois. Is Lois she was the one with the hat? She was the the little the like the, the blonde babysitter. one. The babysitter. Yeah, that's she, right. She that's played right. um what's his name? Jimmy Hoffa's wife in The Irishman. That's right. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I also I rewatched recently, and I realized that I have a thing with Martin Scorsese movies where I can rewatch them forever and yeah. start them at any point and i <laughs> yep. will finish it <laughs> yep i don't know, I don't know on, why that is if it's on that's like afternoon gone it's crazy yeah, it just it, you can come in from the beginning or at any second in the movie but any every second that follows the one you watch will be like immediately compelling and propulsive yes. yeah and it's i think they're actually better that way a lot of them than like watching it from start to finish <laughs> is just like jumping it because it's more i don't know it's more about the fucking well sometimes you're switching through channels it's just like the joy of just coming across you're like oh color of money's on right it's like a little treat you're just like okay all right yeah. I guess, guess I'm, I'm doing, doing this, this. For the next hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that that movie, uh, Irishman. Um, I actually think it's one of my favorites. That oh, that happened so to me recently. I was just like, I think this might be. It's not better than the Aviator. Nothing's ever going to beat <laughs> the Aviator. But it's the way of the future. Yeah. <laughs> Show me all the blueprints. Way of the future. Come in with the milk. All right. So uh, <laughs> now that I have a daughter. <laughs> I drive time... Catherine crazy doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah. I do that with my with my baby daughter all the time. I just kind of like do her voice and I just say, come in with the milk. Come in with the milk. <laughs> she loves the milk. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, the, this this hit fails. But then later, Cuddy and Slim Charles do a hit that does succeed. And they uh, they kill a youngin who um, was pulling out his oh god um, the kid's like 14 years old like yeah, yeah it's... and he's pulling out his inhaler and uh yeah. yeah i i had to like rewind that scene to to realize what was happening in it but it looks like he is pulling yeah, out his gun extra you always add like a little asthma angle when you want to make it extra tragic 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, he's also had trouble breathing, but now he doesn't anymore. So silver lining. Um, but then bunk or sorry, bunk, uh, Cuddy has a moment where he could have shot fruit and justifiably so because you know fruit, fruit ripped also, him off earlier in the season he, he ripped them off uh of a package earlier in the season um and he doesn't pull the trigger and um slim charles blames himself another reason that i love slim yeah is he's just like he's you not know. looking to pass the blame he's always no. about accountability exactly that's he's the a, kind of guy you need in your crew absolutely and um and when he's explaining that to avon Cuddy um, corrects him, and uh, in one of my favorite scenes of the show, uh, he quits the game, and I have a clip of that. Do it, man. Hmm. Why not? When in me, I guess. Whatever it is in you that lets you flow like you flowing, do that thing, it ain't in me no more. So you done soldiering, but you ain't done. Could use you for what you got in your head. We're gonna put you on a corner, you could be inside. Oh, man. I ain't making myself clear. The game ain't in me no more. None of it. But you ain't done shit else. You know what I'm saying? So what you gonna do? I don't know. But it can't be this. All right, then. We straight. Be. He was a man in his time, you know? He a man today. I think there's nothing I love nice. more. Yeah, there's nothing I love more than like when gangsters are like nice. When you have friends, because they're, you know, really like it's a story about community. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm a sucker for, for people I, I, and friends. I really like that scene, and I'm really, I was, yeah. I really like Cuddy the character, and I really love oh. his arc on this season. I love him in season four when he's like the oh. boxing coach. Yes, I, I love Cuddy, and like I, I find that scene very moving. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like, I mean, one of my points about this episode, you know, it's like a very theatrical episode. Everybody gets their sort of big. Uh, monologue moments but sure. like this scene to me is a lot more effective than the bunk scene yeah I agree. just because um the i mean this scene doesn't set off my bullshit detector quite so much as yeah yeah like, ding, I, ding, I, ding, ding, ding. I understand that bunk <laughs> is like doing a theatrical thing on purpose to sort of try and play omar but it still it still feels very like 2004 tv like that whole scene yeah. is just uh it's a it's lot like of can, like it's it's impressive because like you know um uh, the the performance is so good, um, but like it's 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 that kind of writing that like it lands really hard. But like if you if you encounter it again, you really kind of feel it. You sort of like can see the writer clicking away at his yeah, keyboard. Yeah. It feels like a studio note a little bit, like and it feels like it comes out of uh, like this desire to make um, some of the cops have. Uh, like some pure motives about like sure. trying to clean up the city. And I don't know for someone as, uh, as who's been in, been in it as long as bunk, I don't entirely uh, believe it. And uh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, amazing I, actor and I'll, I'll accept it, but I like, I like this scene works so much better. Cause it's just, it's, it's much more subtle. It's more mm -hmm. like, like you see it in Cuddy's eyes. So like he doesn't really have to say that much. And, uh, and it's, you know, yeah. And he has this weird way of dealing with it too, where, you know, he doesn't at all seem afraid of quitting. 
he's just like he's like he's given in he's handing in his two weeks to his boss at best buy he's just like you know <laughs> he's looking at a teenager in a blue shirt going you know whatever you got that makes you flow the way you flow and do that do that thing you know where you sell the computers it ain't in me no more like him him just being so casual about it I think is uh, one of the reasons why it didn't end up uh, blowing up in his face. Cause I don't know if you're like in general allowed to quit the game, but I loved that Avon let him. Yeah. He respects it. Yeah. And you know, like it, it's, 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 it, it's moving because like in uh, prior to this on the season, like when, when Cuddy as a character is introduced and we start, you start seeing him like there's, they give you every indication that he's like a real stone cold, stone cold killer. Like, yeah, he's he a real hard a woman. Case. Yeah, like he's and he's way harder than all these other guys that he comes yes. in to kind of supervise. Like all these like teenage kids who all think yeah. that they're think that they're gangsters or like pretty right. tough or whatever. But like Cuddy's like the real deal. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know he's but he just but like he just aged out of it. Like he just doesn't have the heart to yeah. kill people anymore. And then like has to confront the fact that like I spent twenty years of my life in prison doing this like for doing this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, it is. It, 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 it's legitimately moving, uh, I think, from all those levels, but also from the level of just like, I like when gangsters are nice to each other. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I, it's nice when people are nice. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you know, like cause I, I said at the beginning is that there basically are no like truly evil characters on the wire, like in the police department, the city hall or even like the drug gangs, like everyone right. has some sort of endearing humanity to them that like, right. when, like, you know, cause like the Barksdale crew are like ruthless murderers, but like, even, right. even guys like Weebay, you sort of like, you love them. You're like, Oh yeah. What, yeah. what a cool guy. However, they all have I, reasonable motivations for the things even they Slim do. Charles, like Slim Charles is, is very much like, Oh, this is a cool guy. Like that whole scene was set off by him murdering an asthmatic 14 <laughs> year old or yeah. whatever. But yeah. I will say though, I, I, I do, I do like the, the arc in season three and the introduction of Marlo and his crew because like yes. Marlo is like really the only character on the wire who like doesn't have a soul like he's right. just like he yes. has like no he's you don't you don't want to like hang out with him he doesn't seem kind of cool or like a, you know he's yeah just, he doesn't he's really just even, frightening like yeah he doesn't even really fuck like yeah, yeah he has no pleasure he gets like no pleasure or human relationships at all yeah he just likes to you know hang out with his buddies in a weird abandoned pit somewhere and uh, go to the rim shop to talk about how he's not going to buy rims because he's a smart businessman <laughs> um but yeah i mean no stringer wants the trappings of success totally. uh, whereas marlo just wants success for its own for its own sake regardless he of what even corners. comes with it. Yeah. he just wants the crown he wants the crown he doesn't even give you know? a shit he's like uh, one of those little toddlers in tiaras just screaming at his mom <laughs> <laughs> i want that crown <laughs> uh but yeah it's uh it is uh, the war is um is going and meanwhile stringer of course is uh trying to reason with avon in you know this in terms that he will understand about like why are we beefing over corners here like we don't need to do this we could just you know i set up this co-op we had a meeting we we're doing robert's rules of order now like do we really need to go to war and uh avon is completely unmoved um and is like no nah, fuck that i'm 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 just a gangster i suppose um and uh you know i i do like in this season like 
as opposed to like season one where we see like Barksdale on on the throne. Uh, like in season three, like every, like from the minute he gets out of jail, it's just it's no fun anymore to be the boss. Yes. And like it just he hates every minute of what's going on. And I like the scene where like Stringer is trying to tell him about Hamsterdam and he's just sitting there kind of scratching his face with a gun. He says a loaded gun. He's like pointing it at Stringer. He's just like, sorry, what are you talking about? I was just looking at this gun thinking about killing people. <laughs> that is that is so fucking relatable. Like <laughs> as someone who podcasts a lot, sometimes you just daydream while someone is explaining stuff to you. And if I had a gun... I would for sure scratch myself with it, but I have a, a, a clip of, of that exact See, I say it had to be handled, man. The game is the fucking game, period. Same as it ever was. I don't know, though, man. I mean, I don't know. I was just down the way with one of our youngers on Vincent Street, where they got the, you know, the empty houses over there. And it's a different world down there. Like, the cops are just standing around like that shit was legal. That shit was business. What you saying, man? My boots, what's up? (laughs) 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 I feel so bad for him. He's like pouring his soul into this idea of like legitimate commerce and legitimate business. And he's just so like, sorry, I'm sorry. What the fuck was, are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I was, I was having this fantasy of just like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and you know, like, uh, and rewatching this show, I mean, like, obviously Idris Elba was like the huge breakout star of The Wire, and and right. for good reason. But sure. I gotta say, Wood Harris as Avon is so good yeah. too. He is so good. He's so good. He's like, there's. Again, rightfully so that like Idris Elba was discovered from the show because he is a standout character, obviously, and he is. Uh, I I'm I swear he's got to be a good actor. I've not yet seen another thing. Like I haven't seen Luther. I've heard he's good in Luther. Yeah, he Luther's pretty good. He's not in terms of movies. He does, yeah, he doesn't really choose him good. Although, yeah. I mean, I understand how he could think that lion. Would be good, or was it called Lion? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I don't even remember Killer Lion, the movie. It was I don't called remember. like yeah. Oh no, a Lion. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a great choice, but uh, yeah. The, the thing he, that fascinates me about him is that he, fantastic. he, in like the years since The Wire, he just gradually forgot how to do an American accent. Like he was, <laughs> he was really good at it before, but it's sort of like watching like Drew Barrymore's acting progress from like the time she was six in ET until now. It's like somehow. You forgot yeah. all the things that you were yeah, good at. Yeah, he's like going from being like you know this like uh, yeah like uh, like one of those British actors that can do an American accent so well that people thought he was like from Baltimore, right. and then by the time Pacific Rim rolls around, he's like, "Oi, mates, we're canceling <laughs> the bloody apocalypse!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, as a president of the United States of America, yeah, <laughs> we got to shot these damn robots in it. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, but, uh, uh, you just like just, from like I think like the first line delivery Wood Harris delivers on the show is like when D'Angelo comes home from prison mm-hmm. and like he tosses off some line to Avon about like he's like shit you know how jail be and Avon just goes I don't know shit about jail and I don't want to so shut the yes. fuck up I was just like yes. oh man yes yeah it's it's like he is fantastic and there's a lot of actors on the show that I think um, are kind of overlooked in terms of like you don't see them in like a lot of roles in mainstream like uh, you know uh, JD, th- JD Williams uh, who plays Bodie is 
one of the fucking best characters on the show, in my opinion. And uh, he kind of, you know, I guess it's because he's just so perfect in that role that he's played. He's played Bodhi in like three different shows. <laughs> like he was uh, he was in Oz as essentially Bodhi. He was um, in The Sopranos for an episode. So, but he's so good. I think he's wonderful. Yeah, he's fantastic. I saw him on SCU playing a corrupt cop not too long ago. So, mm. well, there we go. With Wood Harris, out. I wonder if part of it is that he's uh, just like too tall to be around uh, other actors. Like he, <laughs> like he gives up the game because he looks like he played a basketball player in right. uh, in the the Lakers series, and it looks right because he has like every time he's on screen, like all I can focus on is his my his gigantic hands oh his fingers are so long they're so long and i just i I wonder if like part of the reason is like oh you can't cast him next to uh normal (laughs) dominic west who's probably five feet tall yeah exactly (laughs) um but let's get into uh we talked a little bit about uh bunk and omar stuff um uh and you know we we have to play that scene because it is I think a good scene. One interesting note about this uh, episode is like between last episode and this episode, we don't actually see how bunk got the gun back. Like he, he didn't get the gun back. Oh, didn't he? I thought, no, he, no, he has, I thought a, he was, no, he had does. He has a giant report that he wrote out for Jay so that he could give Jay the report and be like, I am doing work on this. But now oh, okay. that I've given I thought he this gave report, him the gun in that scene. No, it, like, it's he's buying himself some time. He didn't. Mm. He didn't. He didn't get the gun back. Um, he's buying himself some time so he could actually do real police work. Um, and uh, I have a, a clip of that exact scene. Major Forster, call two four six two. We should be able to uh, look at a little <laughs> Jay. I'm a murder police. I got a double on my plate. I'm going to work it. We should, though, be able to look at a little porn at work. What? No, a... it's just the nude egg. I won playing my game. <laughs> it's not porn. It's just, it's just a nude egg. I won in my game. Oh, there's always something I think you should leave in this show that happens. And uh, I thought uh, the, the, maybe they're companion pieces. Um, but yeah, so that's why Bunk is freeing himself up to do interviews. He goes and interviews Tasha's people. In the episode before, he interviews um, Bruiser. And uh, you see that uh, Omar and his boyfriend, um, Dante. Dante, by the way, uh, is the person who killed Tasha uh, completely yeah, accidentally. Fire. Yeah, and, I like um, that they're just they're uh, you know they're they're having a romantic evening watching Oz. Watching Oz. Okay, yeah. What is, is that? The TV show they're watching? Yeah, they were watching yeah. Oz. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which uh, I assume was uh, you know fucking uh, David uh, Simon's shout out to Tom Fontana for you know being the, the reason. Oz, the original Baltimore show. Exactly, <laughs> the original cool cops show. Um, by the way. Uh, attempted a rewatch on Oz, not happening. Nope. <laughs> I could never, I could never do it. That and Deadwood were always just too theater kid for me. I was like, ah, I, I can't. It's very. But with Oz, though, it's like 
it is i actually watched all of oz i i I watched it like in college i was just like oh it was a pretty good show you know there's like this wheelchair guy who played mercutio and romeo and juliet Mm. he's like narrating it it's like art and then i rewatched it and i was like this sucks this sucks i hate this it was just (laughs) (laughs) it's really bad um but uh yeah so uh, so Omar goes over to Bruiser and basically intimidates him. Like, you know, you better not snitch. But I, I like that the, the implication of this uh, storyline is like Bunk being like, hey, I'm going to go do some real police work now. And mm-hmm. like the real police work he's doing is uh, to go um, work this murder that like there's no there's nothing that he's going to do that's going to help this murder at all. It's like one drug robber accidentally shot uh, his friend. Uh, like there's no like right. the cop the cops being there like adds nothing it's already yeah well what's interesting about it to me is that like he is framing it as like i'm a murder police i have a double on my hands i'm gonna figure out who did it and he's presenting it as oh well because you know i'm a good i'm a good cop i'm a good guy i do real police work but it absolutely is because it landed on his plate and it's in the fucking red and he's trying to make red go into black. Like that's the actual reason behind it. So if you, if you look past the bullshit and the, you know, the monologuing, um, that's really, I mean, that's the whole subtext of this episode, which I think is what part of what makes the wire great is like, you know, we get introduced to McNulty, like he's this, uh, you know, handsome rascal Mm -hmm. super cop. And like in this episode, it's basically showing us that like, he's doing all this work because he took a thing personally and it's really not going to like the idea that he's going to take out the, uh, Barksdale crew and it's going to produce some benefit to society is obviously wrong because yes the game has changed to people that are better at murdering than the barksdale crew like him letting the barksdale if he assisted the barksdale crew uh he might actually make the murders go down yeah he'd make the murder rate go down that's why Vic Mackey is the best cop ever because he made a peace with the good drug dealers to like we'll let you deal your drug he was the original bunny colvin Mm -hmm. that's right (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was like, as long as as long as we got to get those Armenians out, though, <laughs> 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 they're going to rob their money train and get them out of Los Angeles. Um, as long as we're talking about Jimmy, I, I will skip over to him a little bit in this episode because, yes, he is obsessed with making this case about fucking Stringer to the point where he's going to the fucking like county or the yeah. feds or something and it's just yeah, like the, the homeland security yeah he's, he's he's going to homeland security being like um hey i found this uh i found out that this guy was murdered in jail it's just because stringer is connected to it like he doesn't give a shit about d he just like really wants to be the guy who catches stringer um but my favorite- yeah this whole thing's like a crossword puzzle for him and he really wants to finish right. it because he Which, started to me yeah. i mean that shows i think on you know some level the sociopathy involved in being a cop where you're yeah. just like you know the the idea of being like kind of obsessed with your job for a lot of jobs i think is like i don't know it's part of the work culture and and whatnot but like if part of your job is like putting someone in prison for life <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're a fucking psycho you know, you know what like, I mean? like 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 daniel's on the show too you know like with with his wife in this episode where he's like listen 
I just I love the job, and I'm like, why? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why? Yes. All you do, like, all you do is just get stitched up by your bosses over and over again, and then dealing with the alcoholics who work for you like doesn't right. seem like the most rewarding work and but, solving you know, no societal issues but, whatsoever but, but but here's the deal though i mean i think the wire does do a good job of showing why people do like being cops because like oh, yeah. yeah the yes the the, the the job obviously like just you know removes you from humanity like you hate everyone and everything they hate yeah. you but you basically get to commit like some late crimes. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. I think I think you get, it, to dr- it, it, you get to drive drunk all the time. You get to cheat right. on your wife constantly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Rules I think don't they apply like to it. You. I think they like it for the same reason uh, the the politicians in the wire like being politicians, which is like it's a game to them. Like they've completely gamified it to where like they're trying to show how smart they are in like finishing off this crossword puzzle of mm-hmm. uh, figuring out. And that's why the bunk scene doesn't land to me because he's like trying to bring it back to him uh to to claim that he's doing this benefit to society but really he's like just trying to he's trying to to finish off his spreadsheet and get it off his okay well i i gotta play that clip because it is a important scene yeah the way y'all looking on things ain't no victim to even speak on bullshit boy no victim i just came so no he's right the way that they look at it, there is no victim. The fact is that Omar is correct here because he's like, you guys don't actually give a shit about this. And now fucking Bunk is going to go into this I'm gonna whole thing. I'm going to tell you about- how, much I, how much I give a shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Came from Tasha's people, remember? All this death, you don't think that ripples out? You don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I was a few years ahead of you at Edmondson, but I know you remember the neighborhood, how it was. It wasn't about guns. So much as knowing what to do with your hands. Those boys could really rack. My father had me on the straight. But like any young man, I wanted to be hard too. So I would turn up at all the house parties where the tough boys hung. <laughs> Shit, they knew I wasn't one of them. Them hard cases would come up to me and say, go home, schoolboy, you don't belong here didn't realize at the time what they were doing for me. We had us a community. Nobody, no victim who didn't matter. And now all we got is bodies and predatory motherfuckers like you. And out where that girl fell, I saw kids acting like Omar, calling you by name, glorifying your ass. Makes me sick, motherfucker, how far we done fell. To me, the spitting part of that scene makes the entire scene fantastic. Because I, I, I think that that uh, Wendell Pierce fucking murders it in that scene. I get the that scene it where is. He like, he's like, you don't even understand what I'm talking about. He sort of like pulls yeah. back like he's going to punch him. <laughs> right. He spends was, a, he, he's great. got a couple of moments in that scene where he's just trying to like punk him. The way, you know, he's trying mm-hmm. to get him to flinch and Omar uh, does not flinch. But uh, it's just like, yeah, it's it's <clears throat> tough for me. Like, I don't I don't entirely like there's two ways that you could read it, which is that Bunk actually, you know, does believe the things that he's saying in that scene. I think he where, does a little bit. But I mean, but like uh, in terms of knowing the right buttons to push with Omar, like that part of it, 
that read of it, uh, you know, makes more sense. Like I like that read of it uh, as a show better yeah. because that makes makes more sense that he doesn't necessarily care about what he's saying, but he knows he knows uh, how to manipulate. He knows that Omar well, does, I mean, and he's but he, manipulating I mean, he, And he him. does get to Omar. He does push yeah. push his buttons yeah. when he talks right. about you know we used to have a community and then like I think especially bringing up the fact that like little kids are pretending to be Omar and like you right. know uh, gl- glorifying his name for all the the shit he does. Right. And I think it's you know it's it's beautifully acted and it lands hard it's a it's a scene that i think like makes perfect sense in the universe of the wire yes but it's it's the one in which the unreality is sort of like the the seams begin to burst a little bit because you know omar is a character who's like you know he's uh you know one of the toughest guys he's a murderer but like he does basically have a heart of gold and it's right. a scene like this where like i don't imagine someone who's killed as many people as fucking omar has would really have his like heartstrings tugged by the spiel yeah. that bunk gives him in that scene right he is the one character that you're just <clears throat> suspending your dis- disbelief for most of the series because you're like he's such a cool character yeah. he's uh, great. like he's, he's this you know gay superhero character that yeah. you know can walk around in public still even though he's always robbing people like no one is like we should shoot yeah. that guy when we next time you see him buying food shoot him <laughs> uh no so you suspend disbelief for it so for me i watch that scene and uh it just adds to my love of omar it also yeah, adds I mean, to my part love of, it's, of michael k i think part of it is the yeah, wire is about like these sort of uh these these larger system like it's a bleak show in a lot of ways because it's about the way the system sort of crushes uh, the individual and mm-hmm. Omar is like our wish fulfillment because he's this guy because he is capable. an individual he's a man yeah. on his own he's removed yeah. from all the systems of like the police the drug yeah. game he's like charting his own course with a shotgun right. at his that's side. right exactly he's uh he's like an entrepreneur you know <laughs> he's he's just uh. He's he's about himself. He's a job creator. Uh, a, he created a, his own industry. Of, he really uh, did. He's, he's like a podcaster in, in many respects. <laughs> in a, in, exactly, yeah, kind of right. leeching off of other people's <laughs> shit. <laughs> that's very true. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, for me, I remember the first time I saw that scene, being really impressed about uh, with the the loogie that he hawked at the end. <laughs> right. I mean, I all, that, like, all that, all that, and like, I, I, so if impressive. you would like, if you'd like, expand the clip for another couple seconds, you can see it like it's trailing off his lips. Like Michael yes. K kept that, like, like sort of a like a spider's web of saliva, just like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> extending off of his lip uh, down yeah. the, you know, out of the shot. And he's also crying. You know, I, I had to zoom in and uh, look at him, but when he does that, it's like. Like he's got a tear rolling down and I'm just like, there's the subtlety in the acting of such an unsubtle character is hard to pull off. I think, you know, to be able to play the character that, you know, the way that Michael K. Williams did, I think is like, it's, it's dope to me. So I, I'm still, you know, rewatching the show. There's obviously a lot of things. My perspective has changed on in terms of what I think is good. I used to think Stringer was smart. Um, you know, um, but I I stay loving Omar and his character, knowing full well that he is a complete like fiction that was created because they're like, wouldn't it be cool if there was this? I gotta. you know, you watching The Wire though. I mean, just all all the great performances. But seriously though, it's it. 
it, it gets me right here. Michael K. and Lance Reddick, RIP to both of them. Like I know. Way, way too soon for both of them. Because I how talented they both were. I and know. I've said this before. It's it's crazy to watch the show and see like Lance Reddick and then uh, the guy who plays Jay Landsman and think that Lance Reddick <laughs> yeah. is the one that dies. Yeah. Like what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And Al Brown, the guy who played uh, Valchek just died yeah. like <laughs> like it is insane it's completely insane and you know it's both of them you know both lance reddick and michael k both died uh from the jab that's right this is an anti <laughs> well i guess in, in two michael- guys that hashtag died suddenly <laughs> in michael k's uh you know, a case. He, it was technically he. Did, it was the jab, but it was not the vaccine. <laughs> yeah. um, R.I.P. to both of them, though. Really fucking wonderful actors, and gone too soon. Um, but uh, yeah, so rounding out um, the Jimmy and Kima, you know, uh, stuff. Uh, Jimmy is spending this whole time trying to, you know, like I said trying to get stringer but he has one scene in this that i fucking love in which he goes to the gay bar with kima and um he kima asks about his ex-wife nutty ally confirmed because yeah first of all <laughs> thank you for being an ally uh and uh he asks about it uh, she asks about his ex-wife and um he's like oh, i'm done with her but i have this new girl that i'm in love with um and i have a clip of that scene just like classic fuckboy stuff oh yeah like still hung up on his ex uh and convinced that his new hookup is gonna be yes <laughs> yeah so convinced his new hookup uh is is good for him and, and uh <laughs> and what i love about him and terry the uh, political consultant is that she treats him the way he's treated women his entire life yes yeah yes. And he's confused just by this and dump yeah he doesn't yes. understand it's he's like... confused by this and he thinks it means that she likes him yes here's yeah. that clip yeah there's this woman at this uh this thing for my kids she like raises money for the school and all that you know a face, a body, and a brain all working together, and she looks like the kind who might tell me when my shit stinks, which is probably what I need. So what do you do? You should get dressed. <laughs> Never know, you might get bored working. You gotta go. There's this new broad. Like with tits. <laughs> There's this new broad. She goes tap tap on this little square. Uh, yeah. She taps things in the little square and then makes her money somehow. I don't know how it works, but uh, yeah. seems pretty cool. I think yeah, she, uh, I think this can, is the one for me. You can tell she's smart because like she sits up in the bed. Her titties are right there, but she's not playing with them. No, <laughs> and, you she's know, like, instead doing computers. <laughs> and out of out of all of uh, Jimmy McNutty's love interests on the show. And I, I, you know, he ends up with Amy Ryan when he settles down in season mm-hmm. four. You know, he, he plays the good dad for a good stepfather for a while, the good male role model. But yep. out of all of McNutty's love interests on this show, the one I really thought he stood the best chance with, and I'd like to imagine they're living together now somewhere in Dundalk, Maryland. It's the waitress <laughs> that he fucks for Scrapple in season yes. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is. Uh, I feel like I need when to he's actually like blackout try- drunk. He like bleeds all he's over her bed. He's bleeding all yeah. over her bed and stuff. <laughs> 
and and literally his pickup line was just ordering some eggs <laughs> yeah. and she was just like oh we're fucking the night <laughs> and jimmy's superpower is that it doesn't matter how drunk he is he's always ready to fuck yeah that's it's, that's it's standing at every- full attention everybody's mm-hmm. got that one friend who like the drunker they get the more they pull and that's uh that's Jimmy. I feel like we need to do a podcast field trip at some point to actually eat Scrapple before uh, we finish off the series. That's right. He was eating Scrapple, which we had to look up. Um, yeah. It's got lots no. of good organ meat in it. Oh, it sounds very good. I feel like Baltimore is like food. Yeah, it's like Maryland haggis, right? <laughs> Everything in Maryland. Lake like Trout. The, Lake yeah, Trout. Like Lake so Trout. I got a ch- like the only thing that the sounds pit barbecue the pit yes. barbecue genuinely sounds good pit beef is the only thing there that i'm like okay i get that it's beef i it's totally good but everything what about, else what about the crab cakes oh, yeah. uh, crab oh, cakes yeah, are sure. probably good i no, it's, they, yeah you know yeah, I, probably come on yeah come on. that's never, a definite that's a definite I, I don't know where they where are they getting the crabs from from the freaking Chesapeake Bay. It's right there. <laughs> Isn't that the dirtiest bay? That's what crabs love. That's where they thrive. Crabs thrive in dirt. Is that what you're yeah, telling me? Yeah, they eat dirt. They literally eat the, the shitty stuff on the Listen, bottom. Listen, I don't know nothing about no crabs, all right? <laughs> but uh, I bet it's good. I don't know. It's just I think the reason I'm grossed out by it is they eat it disgusting. Yeah, I was going to say the one genuinely disgusting uh, moment in The Wire for oh, me God. is watching, watching Bunk <laughs> yes, eat crabs and lick, crab guts. Lick, like, lick his fucking wrists and And you know what god god bless david simon and the staff of the wire for just you know introducing the rest of america to the the treasured local folkways of the people of baltimore and the uh and the greater uh maryland area yeah no it is you know it it introduced us to fucking the weird accent that they have that no one else seems to fucking have uh you know introduced us to the 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 fact that it's like Matt, the most murder city in the world. What this this is a bit of a digression, but on the Go subject ahead. of accents, did you see the news clip of the guy in Philadelphia describing uh, when the the I twenty collapsed? I have yes. that. I feel like we need to play it just because it's just such a perfect encapsulation of what that what makes that accent. Send so it fascinating in the uh, in the for... private chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I I will uh, I will attempt to. I know it's to... a slightly different accent than the Baltimore one, but it's pretty close. Okay, all right, here, let's see. Jairus Green. I want to make clear though that I'm from New York, so that there's there is no difference between Philadelphia and Baltimore to me, <laughs> or any other world. accents or foods or stupid sports teams. All right, here's here's this guy. Passed out, and I woke up to nothing but text messages, phone calls. I had no idea what was going on, and I got dressed, I came out, I looked down, and I smell like a smoky smell, and I'm like, damn, dude, so, it's crazy. Well, no, so I got all those text messages, screenshots, and I'm like, everybody's like, yo, where's this at? Like, nobody had, like, a direct, like, location, so I was like, look out my window, I see a bunch of cops, I'm like, bro, that's right by my apartment. Oh, dude, I was passed out when that happened. Oh, that guy! That guy is the news hero for the month yeah. of June. Yeah. I, the fact it's, that it's, he, it's so rare that you encounter normal people on the news, you know. 
Yeah. yeah. The fact that he doesn't say go Flyers, though, at the end is the only part. <laughs> I, I think as we discussed last week, I, we discovered that the way to do that accent is to just move your move your mouth side, kind of side to side like you got a Coke jaw and like your top lips are also numb from doing <laughs> No, it I was, is. I was passed out and uh, fucking. It it is kind of amazing that that is the trick to it. It's just you just kind of talk like <laughs> like this. <laughs> well, I was at my post and, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that is a uh, you know it is a weird region. Um, that I want to Baltimore is has been described as the northernmost southern city and the southernmost northern city. Yeah, it's the fucking Bermuda Triangle for fucking everything. It's it is. Um, I mean, I visited it once to do comedy, and it had like kind of a fun, <clears throat> like local art scene and stuff. Like, uh, you know, they got a good comedy scene. They have like good music comes out of there, but like the people, <laughs> fucking wild dog. <laughs> um, but yeah. Finishing up, uh, you know, Daniels is getting mad at uh, fucking, you know, uh, Kima and McNulty. McNulty, What is my rank? What is my rank? Like, fuck, dude, if that guy yelled at me, like, there's so (laughs) many guys. I would fucking will (laughs) immediately. (laughs) Dude, like a piece of cellophane in the microwave. I would just. It's like I'm like cotton candy and his shit is just straight saliva. I don't know. Yeah, no, like there's a few characters on the show. Bunny is the, another one that if he yelled at me, I would cry. Freeman, I'd cry. Um, but I, yeah, I, Freeman would be like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. In you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, devastating. Yeah. Devastating. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, uh, Daniels at this point is, you know, telling um, them, you know, I'm not going to do this purely out of spite at this point he's not doing it like he's his whole reason for not you know changing the target from Kintel back to stringer is like he's quiet there's no bodies and they come back bring him bodies and he's just like he's just mad at them for again trying to like you know steer the ship in their direction once again mad at mcnulty being cool exactly exactly He's, uh, he doesn't have time for any cool guys. Let McNulty cook. No one wants to let him cook on this show. <laughs> no one, exactly. No one wants he to let just him cook. Wants, he just wants, he needs an investigation to yeah, cook on. Like, Daniels, I'm just trying to lock up this black guy. <laughs> I've dedicated my whole life to this. I've dedicated everything. I lost my wife to get this black guy wine bars. Why? Uh, I don't know. Because he drew a cartoon of me once that said, fuck you, officer. <laughs> and I said, good, this black guy's good, going down. That was a good cartoon too. It was uh, very good. I, I do like the the scene with Kima and uh, McNutty in this episode where they're just like, "That's the hardest part about being a cop: cheating mm-hmm. on your wife." Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The hardest part of being a cop is convincing your wife that she has to take antibiotics for your kidney infection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, it, like them being like, "Yeah, oh, you know, trying to make this job matter and worth something," and it's like, is not the hardest part of the job. Um, destroying lives constantly <laughs> is that, is that just, not it? just shoveling human bodies into a conveyor belt of incarceration exactly. and life yeah. life destroying uh, bureaucracy exactly you know just talking about like taking antibiotics while like in front of the meat grinder for humans <laughs> and you're just like okay yeah i guess that's yeah that's funny 
That's funny. You guys are fun. Um, Sometimes I feel working in the human misery factory has uh, taken a toll on my relationships with other people. My marriage. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And then, you know, like uh, speaking of marriages, you know, uh, Daniels has this marriage of convenience at this point with Marlo, who is like, you know, I want to take a turn at the lever of the human meat grinder factory. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. need I'm going to need you to just you know be my arm candy and uh so he has to sort of break up with Rhonda, who is you know he's not breaking up with her though right he's just trying to lay it out he's putting her in the penalty box she's a little bit unhappy about that you know sure yeah she's like oh i I love you but like just you know wait a year until the election right right and Rhonda's feeling a, a bit mad you know he's he says to her like you know i can't be the you know the the newly divorced uh, lieutenant with a white girl on his arm. And yeah. you can tell Rhonda's like, She offended. didn't like being, yeah, she didn't like being referred to as a white white woman. <laughs> she, she just at that moment goes, you know, it's, it's true. Cops are racist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, either that or she was just like, um, I'm Jewish <laughs> and I don't consider myself white. Uh, it's in certain instances. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then eventually Kima gives McNulty the idea of, like, uh, just going behind, uh, you know, going by, behind Daniel's back and talking to Bunny and getting Bunny to, uh, you know, use the Major Crimes unit for his own game. And he does, and uh, we'll see how mad about it Daniel's is um, in the next episode. Um and that is pretty much all the storylines. Anything I missed? Uh, any uh, just like just the, the, yeah. the cold open where like Bunny's like, I want my corners clean, and like in order to legalize drugs, you, they will have to do some light police brutality to the people who don't want to go with the program. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, the scene where they throw all the, uh, they throw all these guys, these corner boys, in the back of the paddy wagon, and then mm-hmm. just empty a fucking pepper spray into it and slam the door, and they're like, <laughs> "This is in America. It's West Baltimore, asshole!" And they like yes. take them out to the sticks and just drop them. Off, Drop like walk, them off. Walk home, yeah, dude. So that yeah, I forgot how effective that cold open is. Um, because it's like, yeah, actually, I have a, I, I have a, a collection of clips from that. I had to put music under it, Anything or else we'll get a strike. Do. So uh, I'm sorry, but he says straight up that you know. Uh, Listen, guys, you do whatever it is you need to do in order to get everyone to move uh, to the free zone. And we learn never, ever tell a cop. uh, (laughs) He said anything short of someone who can't walk themselves out of an emergency room. I'll go to bat for you. Right. Which is like then they immediately do Nazi shit. Um, So there's (laughs) there's music behind this uh, from uh, the idol. Uh, so, uh, it's the only way I can get to play a long clip is that, uh, to call it fair use. So l- hopefully, uh, it works. Anything you need to do, you do. Maybe it's hard to see. Some shit like this don't happen in Amsterdam. Fuck you we in America! Uh-uh. West Baltimore. Right here, some outrageous shit. Gentlemen. Outrageous. <laughs> classic, uh, classic fraternity hazing moves right there. That's north. You want to go the other way. 
You know, it's actually a really good song when played over um, uh, war crimes. It <laughs> <laughs> actually kind of works. Um, but yeah, that's that the way it was op- meant to be heard. That cold open is fucking wild because Bunny is supposed to be this character on the show who's like, uh, you know, what if a He's cop- the woke cop. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is a cop who get- is woke on the war on drugs. He understands that this is bullshit and it just causes cycles of violence and it's an unwinnable task and uh, that the only way forward uh, to have real policing that matters is to make drugs legal. Um, and then you f- see him being like, you feel free to beat the living shit out of them uh, just enough, not too bad, uh, yeah. you know, in order to get them to do the thing I want them to do. And you're like, uh, oh, like, he's, just it, a, he's just a cop. In order to implement my uh, my progressive drug uh, war on drugs reform, I'm going to authorize <laughs> Operation Barbarossa against everywhere else in my district. Yes, exactly. It's just, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, if you want to make an omelet, you got to, you know, uh, you got to abuse some black guys, I guess. Uh, Yeah, it is fucking uh, insane. And of course, you know, he spends this episode um, trying to get an old lady to leave her house in order to get this uh free zone up and running without him feeling bad about it of course he doesn't feel bad about how the free zone got all of the slangers there he only feels bad for this old lady which um yeah uh yeah anything else we we missed or uh, anything else you guys saw want to talk about no Uh, i think we got to it all the only other thing I want to talk about is I was going to ask you guys, uh, what is your favorite version of Down in the Hole from uh, five seasons of the show? Oh, it's a good question. It's definitely not this season. This season is the Neville brothers. Um, and uh, they're too, uh, too Neville-y for me. I think actually the fourth season with the kids, the kids singing, singing it. Yeah. yeah, and I, that might just be, you know, me enjoying it by association because of how fucking good the fourth season is. Oh, it's it, the fourth season is devastating. It it is incredible. It's so gut wrenching. Yes, it's so good that I think people still call this like one of the greatest shows of all time, even though they'll openly admit they hate two full seasons of it. <laughs> um, that's how good the fourth season is. Um, I think I go season two. I like all the uh, the extra percussion. Uh, it's Tom like Waits put a version. Whole... Yeah, yeah. I thought I liked it too, but I realized they're all that... kind of bad as a theme song. It's not my favorite theme song. I have a thing with Tom Waits where I'm like, uh, what are we? What are we doing? Are you gonna <laughs> do this the whole time? I don't know. You know, it's like I, I there's some of his music that's just like so incredible, and I'm like. It's such a beautiful type of voice, and you know, even though it's like obviously uh, grainy and fucking, but like there are some songs where I'm just like, oh, this would annoy me if I had to see a full concert. (laughs) But it's like you know, the umbrella clowns, hobo frowns, (laughs) eating soup on a train. Yeah, exactly. I'm a cartoon cat. I've got a fish head on the top of a trash lid. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. But uh. Yeah. For me, fourth. What about you? What's your favorite? I think. I think it's actually. I think it's this one. I think it's like the the Aaron Neville version. I think. I don't know. It just. it, It flows. I like it. 
It does. It's nice. I I don't even remember the fifth seasons. Were, I, by that time, it just they should have uh, just the fifth, picked. the fifth season is covered by Steve Earle, who we know is the the drug oh, that's rehab, right. rehab guy from Waylon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I I'll maybe I'll re-listen to that. But for me, in my head, I'm like, I have no idea. If, did they even do the same theme song, or was it Rock and Roll McDonald's? It could have been Rock and Roll McDonald's. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I would say a solid. B plus episode of uh, of the wire, Vince. What would you give this episode if you had to give it a letter grade? Yeah, definitely, definitely solid B plus. Okay, and uh, Will Menneker, what would you give this episode if you had uh, to give yeah, it? Yeah, well, let's grade? Uh, let's see. Like like the the B B plus range sounds good to me. It's not like an all time episode of the wire, but it's sure. like you know it's a it's a solid you know base hit. Yeah. Okay. So it's a solid. B plus episode of The Wire, and of course, a solid A plus 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 episode of Pod Yourself, The Wire. Will Menneker, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking The Wire with us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm enjoying watching the show again. So thanks, for, yeah. giving, yeah. thanks for giving me the opportunity to watch television. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Love to let people in on this whole television thing. Yeah. It is uh, It is a great show. Some, and the where can people- there. Where can people listen to your great show? What is the uh, name of it? Plugs. Well, check out uh, Chapo Trap House on uh, Patreon. And uh, you can, uh, for one Chapo Trap House subscription, you can also get the miniseries Hell on Earth and Movie Mindset, where I talk about movies instead of television. Oh, is Movie Mindset in the Patreon? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, one, one fee, you subscribe to Chapo, you get all the miniseries, too. So oh, it's not like okay, an, it's not okay. an additional subscription. Movie Mindset is under the Chapo umbrella, but it's like a miniseries on, at, at the Chapo mothership. So, you know, for, you, get, you get the premium episodes for five bucks, and then you get uh, Hell on Earth about the 30 Years War and uh, Movie yeah. Mindset, which is Hessa and I talking about some, some damn good movies. Fuck yeah. So check that out wherever you get your Patreon subscriptions. It's patreon.com. Will Maneker, thank you so much for coming on. Cheers, fellas. Patreon.com slash broadcast. The $8 tier, as you know, gets you a shout out and a street name. Uh, Vince, this week we have one, two, three, four. Four, five, six. Are you ready I to am. give uh, some of these wonderful, wonderful listeners at $8 a street name? All right. First is Zach uh, Ingebrigtsen. Ah, uh, well, uh, you know, just piggybacking off of, uh, I think it was last episode and how many different peanuts there were. Like, there's a lot of people named Peanut uh, <laughs> on the wire. I think I might call this guy Z-Nut. Ooh, okay. Zach Zena Ingebrigtsen. Mm. Cool. Uh, next is Maddie Tull. Mm. See, I'm thinking of an Aggie Mule uh, yeah. reference here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Broccoli Donkey. I love it, Broccoli mm-hmm. Donkey. <laughs> uh, next is Andrew Singleton. Oh, what a singleton this guy is. Uh, call this guy No Nut because he's just. Single. Yeah, he's he's always single. single. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next is Myrtle. Just Myrtle. Myrtle. I think Myrtle is our turtle because Entourage, you know? Oh, Myrtle, Myrtle. Myrtle the turtle. Myrtle the turtle. Loving some shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving the Escalade. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You know, wearing the, the flat brim caps and always uh, having ideas. Um, then there's Addison Firth. Longtime listener. Firth. Hmm. The, the Firth 
the first listener that we ever had. The first listener. <laughs> uh, we're gonna call him Colin. Colin, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Uh, and lastly, uh, another uh, longtime uh, homie of the pod, Tim Henny. Mm. Hen? God, you'd think I would know at this point. Yeah. I think it's Henny. Henny. Chad Henny, that's... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's um, Henny. Henny. Henna. I think we call this guy uh, the Ink Master. I love it. I thought you were going to go with uh, Indian Wedding Tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the Ink Master. I love it. Tim Henny, the Ink Master. And that is all of the Patreon shoutouts this week. If you want to hear your name and a street name, uh, patreon.com slash broadcast. Sign up for the $8 tier. And, uh, you know, you don't just get a shout out, but you also get our uh, weekly broadcast where we talk about all sorts of movies and shows. Right now we're talking about The Idol, which is the show with... Uh, the weekend and Johnny Depp's weird daughter. So, you know, check that out if you want to be horny. <laughs> um, broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. Alrighty, everyone. Thanks again so much for listening. And until next time, if you come at the king, you best not miss. Life is like a hurricane here in Be More. Weed, heroin, and cocaine Avon's at war Bunk's got a mystery Got two dead bodies Bunk tales Interviewing witnesses and drunk tales Getting closer, he's right on Omar's tail It seems like Omar's headed for the final curtain. Bruiser gets intimidated into submission. He gets the message. Don't need the stresses. Bunk tails. Meets up with Omar. Gets mad and bunk yells. Silencing snitches. Cause mother Shot poor Tasha Kimmy's mad and there's some drama They fight it all Mario's out and up y'all Um Yo what up <laughs> Uh <laughs> I didn't know there was a guitar solo I'll do I'll do one after I'll, I'll do You'll see I'll do it Tales My name is Cooch McDuck. Flap, flap, flap. I'm a quacky little fuck. I'm a fucking ass rich bitch. And I got money. Everyone suck dick. And I got honey. Honey's in my monies. And we dumping in the pool. Little pool filled with gold. And we swim around and fool around and shit. A pool full of gold that we're diving. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.